Marsha and I, Pastor Marsha, uh, we went out Christmas late hunting. We went from Wanaku to Paniava to Kukuau Street, all over Hilo, just looking for Christmas lights that is displayed. And it's a wonderful gift that the community gives. You know, those of you that put lights out on the house, put the activity manger and Santa Claus and things like that, the kids love it. And it's something that we get to do to go give, when to go receive. And I appreciate the gift to us. And it's like us, when we go shopping, and we look for gifts for our own children. They get excited to receive gifts, not only at Christmas time, but throughout the year. I have some younger grandchildren that I give gifts to. And when I give them a gift, they get excited. And then when they get a the chance to make things or to bring things home from school, they're excited to give gifts back to grandma and grandpa. And they get excited. And it's such a blessing to us. And that's how our God is. He gives us everything we need, day to day. He's our provider. And we get to give a little bit back to him. And he accepts that gift excitedly, and he welcomes it. And it's just a step of obedience. And that's another form of worship to our God, is when we're obedient to God and what he's calling us to do in our lives. And this is just a great time of the season where it's just displayed through all of our hearts. But as we, um, if you're newcomers to our church or you're visiting from another place, please take your tithing back home to your home church and support what goes on there. If you're part of our church, I welcome you to join me in our worship to our God in obedience of tithing. So if we may, bow our heads in a prayer. In a prayer. Lord, I just thank you for this time. And may I always be obedient to you, what you call my life. I ask for your presence to be with us at all times. And I just ask that you just take these tithes and offerings and use it to further your kingdom in, our, in, in Hilo, on the Big Island here, Lord, that we can reach the lost. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tom. I'm going to ask you to stay up here for a little bit, and I'll explain to you why. You know, he talked about uh, Pastor Marsha, which is his wife. And sometimes we don't know who's married to who. So you'll know now he's married to Pastor Marsha. Pastor Marsha Krieger uh, is up for what we call ordination. And uh, there are things that we do in our four-square denomination that uh, helps pastors to not just grow in the Lord, but also uh, grow in uh, influencing and grow in... Uh, helping people find Jesus. And Pastor Marsha has done such an outstanding job throughout the years. So I'm going to invite her to come up. And so Pastor Marsha, could you come up? Can we just welcome up Pastor Marsha Krieger? And we're going to step forward a little bit. But Pastor Marsha, we've served in ministry ever since 90s maybe, yeah? So you came into the ministry 80s. Late 80s. Late 80s. <laughs> And, but I, I got, I had the privilege of serving with you even when uh, we were doing youth and children. She was the children's pastor. I was the youth pastor, but together uh, was, was unbelievable. And all of our children are now adults. So you, some of you are here and we still get to pastor together. But I just wanted to say thank you for all your years of uh, dedication and your heart to serve. 
What many of you guys don't know is I give her a lot of responsibilities that is not comfortable for her. Uh, it's not always her strength, but because of her willing heart and because of your attitude, it's so easy for me to allow uh, God to move through whatever you're going to be doing because of your heart and your attitude towards everything. She always says yes, and then she figures out how am I going to do this. But you rely on the Lord, so thank you for that. Pastor Tom, thank you for your support throughout all the years. And even you and I serving in the youth ministry way back then, we still get to serve Jesus today. So thank you. I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Kia. Kahu Kia Pimento is our life coach, uh, church coach, health when we come when it comes to our churches in the Pacific, uh, Pacific Southwest District. And that includes churches in California, uh, Hawaii, Nevada, Utah, Arizona. Arizona. And Pastor Kia, thank you for yeah. being with us today. Thank you. Aloha, family. Yeah. So, such a blessing to be with you. It's really special for us to do this, Pastor Marsha. To be ordained is the highest level of being a pastor in our denomination. When we say ordain, we look in the Bible of what does that mean? And it means to be assigned, to be appointed, to be set apart, to be set in order. God ordained a whale to swallow Jonah. Even though Jonah got saved, it wasn't for Jonah's sake that he was appointed or ordained. It was for Nineveh. And God has ordained you that others in Nineveh, in Hilo, in the Big Island, that they would be saved too. We're just so thankful that you've answered the call. And so um, we have um, a niece who works in Kalaupapa. I'm going to invite the elders. Yeah, the yeah, council the and the, the elders. Members, they can come up too. And uh, so she made kihei for us. This is the first one that we get to give away, and you'll wow. be the first to receive. I'm going to ask a pastor to tie it on right under here so pastor lynn who oversees our children's ministry and life stage ministries she is very good friends with pastor marcia so tie it nicely not nice tight, tight where it's choking her neck but nice and tight <laughs> i'm gonna have anointing oil you can pass that around thank you we're just gonna ask the council to lay hands um to um, help us to pray and we'd like to ask you, family, would you also put your hand out? Would you guys lay a hand on our sister? Thank you, Lord. So with oil, we ask God, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, that you have called. You said in Isaiah, whom shall we send? who will go for us and our sister Marcia said send me send me I'll go she and her husband and family thank you Lord that like those who have served in Kalopapa like pastor uh, like father Damien and and other ministers other Kokua they have seen there that you don't arise to greatness you descend to greatness and we have seen Marsha do that already Lord God so we ask you to anoint her now in ways 
that she's not seen before, that she would walk into rooms and evil would run, that healing would come, that people would be restored, that they would hear the good news. For the rest of her life, she promises, commits from this day forward to preach the good news. And we pray, Lord God, that those who are listening, that this church would be a whale for them, that they would turn in this belly to what it is that you desire and design for them. There are some here who are holding up arms, Lord God, that Marsha is inspiring that they would be pastors and leaders and ministers in their own right. So we pray for them too, Lord God, for every single one. We thank you, Lord, for this council, for these elders, for the pastor, for his wife, for this church. We love you, Lord, for Marsha. We ordain her now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And the church says... Amen. Amen. We're going to read this together, and it is Joshua 1, 9. Let's read this together. Ready? Go. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's the good news. And we are going to be talking about how do we go from being fearful to being focused. So you can take out your notes or you can take out your app and follow along. You know, when we think about the mess that this world is in or the different messes that come our way, there are some things we just can't avoid. There's nothing that we can do to avoid certain things that take place, but there are certain things we can avoid as well as not let it distract us from the wonderful things that God has for each and every one of us. You know, when Pastor Marcia, when we were ordaining Pastor Marcia, my thought was, here is a woman who stayed focused on Jesus Christ, and no matter what came her way, she was able to be consistent throughout the years because her focus was on Jesus, not on the position, not on people in the sense of people uh, distracting her, but her eyes were on Jesus, so no matter what came her way, she was able to continue to persevere through even the most darkest times. And I think for us, we're going to go through that too. We're going to go through some mess. We're going to have some dark times. We're going to have some great moments. But even this season, for many, it's a joyful time. For some, it's not a joyful time. In fact, this is probably one of those difficult seasons because this is the first time you're, you're without the loved one that passed away. And God still sees that in this season that there is still a possibility for joy. You can still be focused. You can go from fear to being focused. And so we're going to look at a story in the book of Luke. If you want to turn there in the New Testament, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to look at what happened when the shepherds saw the angels and how the angels, when they came to the shepherds, gave them some, uh, just gave them a, an idea of what was taking place and talked about Jesus and him being born. And then what did the shepherds do? How did they respond to it? How did they react? Well, they actually spread the news about what was taking place. And they were terrified. They were afraid. But they were able to stick close to what Jesus or who Jesus was becoming. And they were able to praise God and glorify him even though they started off with fear. We're all going to go through fears. Some of us are afraid of the dark. Some of us fear spiders. Some of us fear lizards, geckos. Some of us fear heights. Some of us fear people. Some of us fear public speaking. In fact, that's the number one fear that everyone has, or not everyone, that's the number one fear is public speaking. 
So I just look at this as, this is a private speaking so that I'm not publicly speaking. But what helps is knowing what I'm fearful about and how do I conquer that because there are some fears that even though you try and conquer them, they just don't go away. We go, we, we go from one fear to the next or sometimes we fear what's happening in our own home, our relationships, or what's going to happen financially. Sometimes we fear our, what's going to happen with our children or if they're going to go off to college. We fear that something's going to happen to them. My son Jordan, he graduated from college this past year, but he's a photographer and he loves taking pictures. So he'll go to these unbelievable places in the mainland and he'll take pictures. Uh, in fact, here are a couple of them. This is one of them. And I'm not sure what area this is at, but it's on a mountainside. Now, he shows his mother these pictures. And this is the next one. Same thing, on a mountain. Here's the next one. On a mountain. So he's showing Heidi this, and we'll do like FaceTime, and so we're talking through video. And he'll say, oh, Mom, I went to this one place, and he sends her the picture of where he went. And then, of course, as a mother, she's like, wait, where, where is this? How high is the mountain? Is it steep? Who else is with you? Do you have ropes? So we, we were going through this, and Jordan is like, Mom, it's safe. It's safe. Don't worry about it. It's safe. She goes, what if you fall off? Don't go to the edge of the cliff. Don't you go close to the cliff. And, and he sends her another picture. I don't have that one. But he's taking a picture of his feet hanging off of the cliff, sitting down, taking a picture of the valley below. And I'm, I'm like, Jordan, don't, tell your, don't show your mom these ones. What's wrong with you? And then he says, Mom, it's very safe. I mean, there's bears and mountain lions. But other than that, it's... And I'm thinking, don't, don't tell mom this. So Heidi gets him a knife. Little sidearm blade, just in case. I'm like, Heidi, this is a mountain lion, not mongoose. A mountain lion. Bears. You know how many times you got to poke the thing in the throat? It's going to take a long time while the lion is like, what are you doing? Ah. But then one of our elders who goes hunting, he said, you know, one time my gun didn't work and I had to use my knife and I killed a boar. And Heidi said, see? I was like, Heidi, boar, <laughs> mountain lion, nah, like eat your whole face. But her thought is whatever can be given to him to make him safe. Why? Because of fear. We fear something is going to happen. And fear actually can be a good thing because you have the fight or flight syndrome. Like if you need to run, run. Dog running, chase you, get out of the way. Climb a tree, something. So fear, that, that kind of mechanism, is there for a specific reason. The problem is not fear in itself. It's how we use fear. And for some of us, fear has locked us down, has, has harnessed us down to our, to our past, it has locked us down and chained us up to what someone said or a hurt that was done. So how do we go from being fearful to being focused? How do we live a focused life to, to who God is making us to be and who we're becoming? Because if not, and we only operate out of fear, then that's as far as we go. We will only go and grow as far as our fear. We're going to read in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, in how, in how the shepherds were able to turn from fearful or being fearful to having a focus. I'll read in verse, uh, I'll start from verse 8, Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign. You will, uh, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Well, the shepherds are living out in the field. So imagine you're in the, the field, and it's in the middle of the night, and the, the, the two things that the shepherds were there for, primarily because of the safety of the sheep, were to protect the sheep from predators, not just animals, but also human beings because other people would come in and steal the sheep. So they would have to protect them. Now, you're, you're just at your ordinary, you know, regular night. You're keeping watch over the sheep. You, you're ready for people that are going to steal the sheep. And then you're ready for wolves that will come in and devour the sheep. So you're, you're, that's your normal routine. But they weren't ready for the angels to show up. The angel shows up. How did they feel? What kind of, what, what did they feel? What was the emotion? Fear. Fear. They were terrified because this was no ordinary night. Angels appear. They don't know what this is. They don't, I mean, they've never seen this before. So they were terrified, but then the angel said, do not be afraid. Why? Because the angels knew the end result. Usually we're fearful because we don't know the end result. The angels knew the end result, and it was good news for all people that would cause great joy. The shepherds, on the other hand, all they saw were the angels, and they freaked out. See, it's easy for us to get stuck in a routine where we base our life on habits more than we do God's plans for us. So here are some ways that we can go from being fearful to being focused. Here it is, number one, a focused spirit is a let's go spirit. Like, let's go. That was the spirit that the, the shepherds have. That, that, that's the spirit that they had. Let's go is a phrase that we use to describe action, that we're going to do something about it. Because you can have a great talk about going to the beach. You can talk about the weather being so nice that we should go to the park. You can talk uh, about going to Disneyland. You can have a great talk about, you know, go, going bodyboarding. Or if you want to go fishing, you can talk about it all you want, but unless you say let's go, all it is is a good talk. We can come to church, and I've done this before. I would come to church and I'd say, wow, that, that was so good. I would take notes and, oh, this is so good. Oh, thank you, God, for speaking that to me. It's such a good, oh, this is like you're talking straight to me. And then the pastor would say something. We'd read something or a scripture would come up. I'm thinking, oh, that's so good for Heidi. Hopefully she's listening. I'm going through all of this. But if I don't do anything about it, 
if I don't have a let's go spirit, if I don't say, God, thank you for that, thank you for your word, now let's go do something about it. It'll just be a good talk. It'll be a great time gathering together, but I need to do something with it. I need to have a let's go spirit. And once I have a let's go spirit, I now can be focused on what I'm going towards. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened. That's verses 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they talked, but they had action. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. See, once you say, let's go, now you can accomplish the mission at hand. A let's go spirit also follows through and takes action. It's one of those I can spirit. When Heidi asked, she asked me one time, she said, you know, I, we have this electronic or electric fireplace. You know how it has like the, the flame fire and then there's like a heater thing that comes out and it was something that we bought and she was looking at it and thinking that it looks, it doesn't, it looks outdated now. So how about we do this? We take that, that piece cut off the top, paint it, and then build a whole mantle around it and some shelving. And, and I don't want just shelving. Can we put two areas where you can put doors on it? And I don't want the doors to be just wooden doors where you can't see in it. Can you also make it where it's doors, but there's, you can see in it, and then put chicken wire so that you can see through it, and then put a frame around that? Do you think you can do that? I'm like, absolutely. That is easy. And then I'm thinking in my head, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? So I had to draw out a sketch and, and do things like that. And then put my actions into work. Now, the reason why I said I can, it's not because I'm skilled at it. I'm not a, I, I don't have the carpentry skills or things, but I do have a God who can help me. And when God says, hey, this is the kind of husband I want you to be. I want you to be more patient. I want you to be kind. I want you to listen more. I need you to ask for forgiveness. Can I go to God and say, absolutely? Well, most of the times I say, ooh, that, I don't know. But what about her? What if, what if she comes to me first? How about you tell her what you just told me? That kind of conversation sometimes happens. But I thought, the reason why we're able to do what we're needing to do, even when we feel that we can't, is because Jesus is the one that strengthens us. We, some of us, know Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. If you don't know this scripture, you can memorize it right now. It's going to pop up here or it's in your notes. Philippians 4, 13. Okay, let's read this together. Ready? Go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a very easy scripture to memorize, but it is a good one to implement. We may have memorized it, but we have yet to let's go with this scripture. Because it's easy for us to say, I can do all things that, through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. And God says, okay, you need to forgive. Well, I don't know about that one, but I can do the other things. It's hard for us. The reason why this is a, 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 an important scripture is because it's needed for the things we don't want to do and feel we can't do. Christ is the one that gives us the strength to do whatever we need to do. You may have unforgiveness in your spirit. Turn to Jesus and say, I can. 
I can do all things through you who gives me the strength to do so. Now I can make things right. I can do everything you ask me to because you're going to strengthen me. And then just think in your mind, the things that I'm going to do that I feel I can't do or I don't want to do, I'm able to do because I have a victorious God. In other words, you operate on the side of victory. That you can focus on a let's go spirit and get more focused because you're saying, I'm going, I'm in action, I have a let's go spirit because you said I can. I can do all things. You want me to be, be uh, better in my marriage? I can do that. You, you want me to improve in, in the way I organize my life? I can do that. If you want me to be uh, better with my finances, I, I can do that. Why? Because you're going to strengthen me. But if I think I'm all on my own, I can see how fearful we can be. But it's only through Christ that we will have this strength. Maybe you're, you're going to be married or you're, 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 you're engaged and you're thinking, okay, I, ho- I hope this turns out okay. you got to bring Jesus in. If you're fearful and you're saying, he better not act up or she better, she better listen, you know, if you're thinking in that way, knock on work because he will act up and she knock on listen. But if you go into the marriage saying, Lord, you're going to strengthen us because we're going to have some ups and some downs. We're going to have good times and bad times. But unless you're in it, Lord, we're not going to be able to do this. So, Lord, can you come into our marriage so that we can do all things? Same thing with your, with your finances. Same thing with your family. Father and son relationship, mother and daughter, or parent to child relationship, coworkers, any relationship. We can only go into it being successful, understanding that he is the victorious one that will strengthen us through everything we go through. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 tells us, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But only one receives the prize. So here's what we do. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. Run in such a way that you may win. Runners do this. Champions do this. Those who are like elite athletes do this. They run to win. They have a mentality that can be focused. They have an unbelievable focus. If you're a basketball player or you're a basketball fan, Kobe Bryant, who was a five-time NBA champion with the Lakers, who played with them for 20 years, uh, calls it the mamba mentality. You know, the black mamba, the snake, has this focus. And he has this focus that once he's focused, everything else don't matter. Doesn't matter. You have this crystal clear focus and you're able to accomplish the mission at hand and become who God is making you to be. Some of you are photographers and you'll take pictures. You have to focus in on a certain area because you want that to be the, the clear part of the picture. You have depth of field, you have aperture, you have to think through your, your speed, your shutter speed, the lighting and all of that. But really when it comes down to it, it's going to be your lens that brings in the focus. Because you're trying to focus on something. Here's what is interesting. You know our eyes, how quickly our eyes focus? If you look at your finger, everything else is blurred out. And every time you look at something, when, when, it's, when there's depth of field, whatever is in focus, everything else is blurred out. God gave us the quickest lens to focus. But we don't see with our eyeball. We see with our brain. We see with our brain. Our eyes are the lens that focuses, but it's our mind that sees the picture. And so if you want to be someone who goes from being fearful to being focused, it's in the mind. 
that we're going to have to have the kind of mentality that says, I want a let's go mentality. Like, Lord, let's go. We can do this. What are you asking me to do? Who am I becoming in you? And then when he speaks it, just say, okay, God, then let's go. We can do this because I can do all things through you who gives me the strength. Don't fear the obstacles. Focus on the Lord and then everything else will be blurred out. And have a let's go spirit. Here's the second thing that will help us. A, a focused spirit focuses on the right things. It just focuses on the right things. It doesn't take shortcuts. It doesn't cut corners. A focused spirit, if you want to go from being fearful to being focused, you've got to do the right things. You focus on the right things. We focus on good things. We focus on Jesus. We focus on his love. The shepherds, when they seen him in, in verses 17 and 18, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Now, the shepherd made sure that the mission was about Jesus. They stayed focused on Jesus. They spread the word, not so much about the spectacular angels that they've seen. Think about it. In our day, we'd be, we'd be filming the angels and be like, oh, you got to see this. You guys got to see this. Look at, the, look at the angels. No, that's real. That's, that's not fake. That's not CGI. Look, I can touch them. So that's what we, we, we would be doing. And then we would just post that and it would go viral. And then... What about the child? Oh, never had lights. But wasn't the mission about the child? Yeah, but it wasn't spectacular. In fact, the baby was in a manger, was in a dirty manger, and it's like there's nothing, nothing spectacular about the child. See, what the, what the shepherds recognized was it was all about Jesus. Everything was about Jesus. Even the angels knew that. They said, we bring you good news. That will cause great joy to all people. Well, what is, what, is, what, is, what is this good news? No, there will be a sign. You're going to see a baby lying in a manger. It's like nothing spectacular about Jesus in the manger. What makes it spectacular is it's Jesus. Regardless if it was a manger, five-star hotel, up on a mountaintop, the fact is this was the Son of God. And so the shepherds were able to have a crystal clear focus. They were able to, to stay to the mission because they knew it was all about Jesus. They didn't worry about anything else. They focused on the right thing. And it's easy for us to get distracted about all the, the glamour that happens around us and all the, the things that life says and the world says, this is who you need to be, what you need to be, this is what you have to have, what you need to own. But then we forget about the child. Sometimes we decorate our houses so nice that we forget that Jesus should be there first. Nothing wrong with decorating. Looks good. The reason why we decorate is because the king deserves our very best. But don't forget the king. And the shepherds stayed close to the assignment. They said, this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to spread the news about him everywhere. Well, we can talk about the angels. That's fine. But everything is about Jesus and they stayed close to the mission. They stayed, they, they kept the task on hand. See, sometimes we focus on God in what he can do for us and what he blesses us with rather than focusing on who he is. That's why Colossians 3, 2 tells us to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. In other words, in other words if you want to go from being fearful to having a focused mentality, then we're going to have to think about the right things. 
we're going to have to think about the things of God. See, a, a, a fearful spirit is a spirit that manipulates or judges others or condemns others or puts others down or hangs on to everything they can or is skeptical of everyone and everything. And a fearful spirit it has a hard time trusting. And maybe because you're hurt or someone betrayed you, it could be because someone broke trust with you, but, but now you're living out of fear rather than focused on Jesus and fixing our eyes on him. Philippians 4, 8 reminds us, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. You know, when we when you read this scripture, what we're, what we're sometimes forgetting is that Paul the Apostle was speaking to a church in Philippi who had all of these different thoughts and they would, they would worship other gods. And so what, what Paul does is he says, for four chapters, bringing hope and encouragement. And then he says, okay, above everything, here, finally, finally, brothers and sisters, you gotta, don't think about those things. You know, when negativity comes up, think about what is good, what is right, what is pure. Like Paul is saying, you just got to focus on the right things. Sometimes we focus so much on the negative and the past that we can never have a positive future. And it pulls us back. And Paul says, why would you want to do that? Focus on the right things. And it will help you go from being fearful to now having that let's go spirit and having a focus that is on the right things. The third thing is this. A focused spirit is fueled by God's love. It's fueled by his love. See, you can't focus on what is right and have a let's go spirit unless you're fueled by God's love. If you're fueled by manipulation or revenge or pride, then you're, you're not going to be able to, to think on these good things. For Heidi and I, I remember a while back, I used to think, how can I, how can I, how can I make Heidi let me do things? How can I do that? So I used to think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like, when I come home, I'm going to do the yard. I'm going to fix things up and maybe, maybe do the dishes. And, and, but my end goal was, I know tomorrow we're going to go bodyboarding. So I need to do things well so that when I ask, I'll be okay. So I will do things. And she goes, oh, how come you cleaning up? I said, nah, just, you know, I love you. You know, I'll just throw stuff out. And so I'll do things. Um, do the yard or whatever it is, clean up or, you know, fix something. And she'd be like, wow, sexy. So I'm thinking, okay, hold on to that because, I, like, I need that for tomorrow. So then when it came time to ask, then I would say things like, hey, so what are we doing tomorrow? Oh, nothing, we're good. I was like, oh, okay, I was thinking of going, you know, surf tomorrow. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I was like, hey, work, the bugger work. <laughs> Only one time when work. Only one time in the 30 years we've been together. And I think here's why. Because you wives, you women, you know. You do, right? You know when we're trying to manipulate and we're trying to, you know, do things nice so that, that, so that when we ask, you're like, okay, sure, you can clean the whole yard. Oh, honey, you work so hard, you can go. So you know that already. 
Even with the children, you know that. The children will come up, hi, mommy, so pretty. They're like, what you like? You know already they want something. But that fuel system doesn't work. It may work one time, but that's it. But imagine if that's the only fuel system we have, doesn't it affect us more than anyone else? Like, I don't think we want to be known as that kind of person. I think we want to be recognized as someone who is not living in fear that someone is going to reject us or living in fear that someone may not like us, but that we're, we're being fueled by God's love, that your love is all I need, and I don't have to fear anything because of your love for me. And because we're fueled by God's love, in fact, the shepherds, when they return in verse 20, they glorified and praised God for all the things they had heard and seen. They were able to praise him, which were just as they had been told. Listen, you don't glorify God and praise him unless you love him. Now, I, I'm, I, I get in trouble a lot from the pulpit because I talk about Heidi a lot. Now, she's in service right now. And if you've never met her before, can you stand real quick, Heidi? Just now I'm, now I'm more trouble. But it's just way because sometimes people don't know who you are. And so she's, I, you see what I mean? That's how I get into trouble. So afterwards, she's going to like give me a couple of rib shots and say, why are you making that? But the reason why I wanted you to stand up is, one, so that people recognize you as my wife, but also, and people get confused. They're like, oh, is that your wife? Is that your wife? No, I only get one wife. <laughs> and, and although I make trouble to you a lot, and I bring that up, there are a lot of good things that you do. And one of the greatest things that I appreciate is your support and all that you do in the kingdom of God, your, your, your willingness to serve, and your passion for the things of God and your passion for people. And I appreciate you because not only do you support what I do, you take a lot of shots. Not shots. See, some of you guys, ah, you, you need to be in church. Uh, but you take a lot of hits. Well, not, not even hits. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. What kind of group is this? I like those of you who are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You guys know what I mean. I don't even know what else word to use. But because of that, I, and I know why you do what you do, is because you love God and you love people. So thank you for all that you do. You help me to stay focused on the Lord. Thank you. I cannot say that unless I genuinely love Heidi. I cannot say that unless I genuinely love her. You cannot speak well of someone genuinely if you don't like them. Like, you can say nice things about someone. You can say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Pastor Marsha. Yeah, she's a good mom <laughs> and wife. And she eat weird food. You know, you, like, you got to make stuff up because there is no love there. But if you're fueled by love, and you and I know, when it's fueled by love, everything naturally comes out. It's automatic. There's genuineness, and there's heart behind it. That's the love God says, I want you to be fueled with. But it's hard for us because we're human beings. That's why God says, I want to be your fuel. The Bible says that God is love. So if God is love and we're fueled by love, then we're fueled by God. 
That should be our motivation. That's who should be fueling us. 1 John 4.18 tells us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfect, perfected in love. The one who fears is not perfected in love. In other words, if we have a different fuel system, you will never be perfect in love. We're going to be operating out of fear because fear involves punishment. But Jesus went to the cross for us, so he already took on the punishment. Therefore, we don't need to operate out of fear because fear has to do with punishment. He took care of that for us. So what we can do now because of that is we don't have to worry about the punishment side. All we need to do is stay focused on the Lord and let him lead our life with his love. And when we do, we're able to live a life that's focused rather than fearful. Amen? And close your Bibles, put away your notes. I'm going to invite Glenn to the keyboard. And please take this, your invitation, and, and hand that out. It's very important. And God's going to put people on your heart. I told my grandsons, uh, they were playing at my house one day, and they're nine, seven, and five right now. But they're playing at our house, and this was maybe a couple years ago. They're playing at my house, and I told them to uh, grab some toys in the room, go grab some, you know, dinosaurs, some army men, and some, you know, flashcards. We can do some, you know, testing and if they memorize certain dinosaurs and whatever else, and maybe some Legos. And they were gone for a little while. I'm thinking, why are they taking so long? And I walked up to them, and they're all peeking down the hallway, looking into the room. And I said, well, how come you guys didn't get the toys? They said, because it's dark in there. Now, I grew up in a household. My mother is so-called full Filipino. We don't know for sure. We had to do the DNA test full-blooded Filipino. So I grew up in a household full of superstition. If you were cutting your nails at night, that was a no-no. If you swept at night, it was like something bad was going to happen to you. I mean, my goodness, if I ever whistled at night, my mom would like whack me and tell me, don't you whistle at night before you get hurt. I'm like, you hurting me. I guess it's true. So, but we grew up like that. One day we were at my house, my mom visited us, and I'm, we were just about to go to sleep, and I'm turning off the lights. And she goes, Sheldon, why are you turning off the lights? I said, because we're going to go to sleep. She goes, no, you got to leave one light on. It's, it's, otherwise, it's going to be completely dark. I said, that's the idea. When you close your eyes, it's completely dark. She goes, no, leave the light on. It's scary. I'm like, Mom, what? And, I, and then I remember, we always had the hall light on in my house. That's why I went through light bulbs like crazy. And I remember growing up in that fear. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I, I know Jesus now. I said, I don't, I don't have fears. I have zero superstitions. Mom, I cut my nails at night. I whistle at night and I sweep up my toenails. <laughs> I have no fears, Mom. I don't live in fear anymore. So I grew up in that household. So I understand my grandchildren as they're fearing the dark. And so I said, why are you afraid of the dark? Oh, because it's got monsters in there. What if it got scary things? I'm like, there probably is. Go in. And so I pushed them in. And they're like, ah. I said, go find the light switch now. And they're like, where's the light switch? And then they turn on the light switch. Okay, my papa skill's not the best. I understand. But that's how I was trying to teach them. And I, I, I told them this. I said, listen, we know God, don't we? I'm like, yeah. 
I said, then if you know God, you have nothing to fear. I, 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 I saw this one time, and this is what I'm trying to teach them. And you may have seen this before. Absolutely true. And you may have some fears. We're all going to have them. And I understand that when you don't know Jesus. You see, God let go of what he really, really wanted so that you and I could receive who we really needed. And because of Jesus, we have absolutely no fears. It's about Him. In this season, let's go from being fearful to being focused. Because when you know Jesus, everything becomes that much clearer. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we're thankful that you have given us your one and only son. Sometimes there are fears that we go through and it's a lifelong process. We have fears of rejection. We have fears of what's going to happen in the future. We have health fears. We have fears relationally, insecurities, financial fears. We even have eternal fears. But Lord, not only did you come to set us free from these fears but you've also provided a way for us so that we would have you to hang on to even though we go through certain fears I'm sure there are some here today Lord that maybe their fear is what's going to happen after they die like, what happens to us but the truth is you've given us eternal life. You've given us an eternal spirit. That's why when a loved one passes away, we still love them. Because love is eternal and you are love, God, and you're eternal. Therefore, we hang on every word that you say. And you may be here today and you're saying, I don't know Jesus. I have, I have never accepted him into my life. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to receive him as your Lord and Savior. And I want to ask you, if that's you and you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. I want to give him my heart. I want him as my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to do this life on my own. If that's you, would you just lift a hand and you're saying, I want Jesus into my life. I want to, I want to give him everything that I have. Okay. Yeah, God sees your hands. Yeah, God sees you too. Absolutely. Right here. Okay. God sees you. God sees you too. God sees you right there, back there. Yeah, God sees you right there. He hears your heart, your prayers. He knows everything about you. And he loves you. God sees you too. Right here. Okay. You can put your hands down. Lord, we're so thankful that you not only speak to our hearts, but you, you chase us down because you love us. And you want us to be in this relationship with you. You might be a believer, you're a Christian, and you're here today and you're saying, boy, I'm so thankful for the love of God because his perfect love casts out fear. 
And I'm thankful to be reminded that Jesus came so that I can have an, a, a let's go spirit. That I'm able to now stay focused on him. That I'm able to be filled by his love. And if you're a believer and you're saying, Lord, thank you for reminding me today about your love. Could you just lift a hand and you're saying, Lord, thank you for reminding me today. Lord, that, that's my prayer too, Lord God. You can put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together, all of us especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a future and a hope far beyond the grave. I give you my life in exchange for yours. And I thank you for your love and helping me going from being fearful to being focused. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, amen.